Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum Radio Show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for, bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to better understand and defend your faith by thinking biblically. It's the same way Jesus did it. I am so blessed to have the two amazing local youth pastors in the Portland area back with me on the show today. Daniel McCleskey and Justin Veneer both grew up in Christian homes, both attended Christian universities, and both are serving full-time in ministry now as youth pastors at solid churches in the Portland area. Daniel and Justin, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Roy. So last time, we got to know each of you a little bit better. We talked about apologetics in general and the importance of really tying everything back to the Word of God. And just at the end of the show, we started talking about what that looks like here in the Portland area and how much people want to focus not only on the head knowledge of apologetics and truth and things like that, but they really want the lived experience. They want to apply it to their lives today. I think you said something, Justin, about God never promises a world without suffering. But the Christian worldview is not that there will be a world without suffering, but that God will be in that world with you helping you, walking alongside you. What's going on here in the Portland area? And, you know, what do you guys see God doing in the midst of this crazy and chaotic world? The reality is, is that there has been hardship in the past. And and I think based off what we've seen historically, and I'm just talking even just the past 120 years, like, I think we should be excited on this side of a lot of hardship because we see throughout history that after real hardship, there's real revival. Mm, And so looking forward, I'm excited because I'm seeing students ask big questions and wrestle Mm. through really hard stuff and God's showing up for them in the midst of it. So I say that I'm a glass overflowing guy, not even half full. I'm optimistic optimistic that I think a lot of youth are going to turn to the Lord and Mm. follow him, and and we're seeing it. But honestly, the past two years have been really hard. It's been both refining for those who know Christ and then probably sifting for those who don't. But God's been good in the midst of it. I think there have been a lot of things culturally, and we were talking about this, I think, before you started recording, but just on how clear lines have kind of been drawn and Mm, things that used to be more neutral have become more divisive and people have kind of things that maybe they haven't thought about and haven't thought that they need to have a position on before Mm, are now trying to mm. establish those. And so it seems like kids are coming to youth group and to Bible study and whatever with a lot of just questions and things that they're already thinking through. Mm. And it's important that we're engaging with them. As far as what's happening on the front lines of what I'm seeing, kids want to reach their schools, which is really exciting. Mm. Kids wanting to start outreaches to see friends come to faith in Christ. And we're seeing those at several schools on the west side of Portland, which is really exciting. And then what I'm also seeing is a desire amongst churches to partner together for reaching kids with the gospel. And both of those are exciting. I think I'm hopeful to see more of that, more of our city reached for Jesus Mm. and more of our city rather than trying to preserve, you know, to be missional. Yeah. I mean, I think that the 
specifically high school, but junior high, I mean, youth. Yeah. You could apply this to the bigger church as a whole, but the word sanctuary has never had more meaning mm. where the church is the place where you run to and you're looking forward to it. Mm. You know, two and a half years ago, I think there was a larger percentage than there is today of people who would kind of drag their feet to church or, you know, mm. let the sports book over the Bible study right. or just not have as much of an interest. But then when the shutdowns happened, and everything was stripped down. You know, nothing makes you cling tighter to something than having somebody else try and take it away from you. When, you know, church was so much more necessary for people mm. in a season of real darkness, right. Um, right. then they started to have a new appreciation for it. Mm. And for high school, I mean, our group is almost tripled wow. since before the pandemic. Wow. It's because the gospel is and will always be just good news. It's, Amen. You know, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. And in a world that's politically hot and there's more and more condemnation coming from all sides, not to mention from their own sin, I mean, having sure. time to really reflect on where they're at and what they want to be, yeah. then having the gospel just shine out and a truth that is reliable and, and backed by the Lord, kids just need it. And they're hungry for it. Mm, mm. I like how you put that. Kids need it. In the last two years, I've had those conversations with so many kids where they're like, oh my goodness, I didn't used to need my faith. And now I do. And not just like sometimes, I like need it every day. I need it every day for what's coming at me. I need it every day when I'm sitting at home, you know, just thinking about things because I don't know which way is up. And so I love how you guys phrase that. And I love how you both are optimistic because, like you said, Daniel, the good news is a good thing. And that's what we have. And so we've been entrusted with the gospel. And so we should be positive. We should be optimistic. So, Well, it falls right in line with what the Lord's promised. Like you think about John 15, he prunes us so we may bear more fruit. Exactly. You think about John 1, consider it joy when you face trials of various kinds. Why? It results in you being perfect and complete. Exactly. Nothing. Like. Rather than getting defensive when we face hardship, Christians should be expectant that God is using it. Exactly. And and so I don't know. I mean, again, I think some people want to defend what was previously comfortable. And I think God wants to do something greater than that. Mm. And so for youth, maybe the kingdom you were living in is falling apart. <laughs> but the Lord has a better one. And, Amen. And he's Amen. bringing it to bear. Amen. So that's why we can be optimistic. Not just because we're like, hopeful, glass half full people, but because mm. God's promised it. So mm. it's, a, it's a big thing. I like that yeah. kingdom focus that you use, Justin, which is, yeah, this kingdom is falling apart, but that's not who we are citizens of, yeah. ultimately. Ultimately, we are part of a kingdom that's not falling apart. What are some of the specific struggles that you think kids in your youth group are having today. It used to be creation and, you know, science versus evolution. It's probably still a big thing. You know, what are some of the things that you think especially true in your youth group, even among, you know, Christian communities that people are really struggling with and want to talk about? Well, one that comes up a fair amount with the kids in my youth group is the way that they struggle with parents. I mean, it's mm. that season of high school specifically where you're starting to have all of these responsibilities and you're 
hitting the marks for school or your first couple of jobs or whatever, yeah, yeah. and you're growing at a faster rate than your parents can track with. And some of the tension happens at home because at work they're treated with respect. They're treated as young adults or whatever. And then they go home and uh, they're starting to duke it out. And sometimes their parents aren't even walking with the Lord. They skip mm. church regularly. Yeah. Their kids will beg them to come to church and they won't go. And then it's mm. the question like, well, do I still have to like honor my father and mother if they're walking in this way? Mm. Or do mm. I still have to obey them if they're preventing me from coming to youth group or hanging out with wow. my Christian friends? You mm. know? So that's one that's more about obedience and what the Bible sure. says about sure. your parents. As far as the other worldview stuff, even just by percentage of our note cards at that conference yeah, we did yeah, where they yeah, were able yeah, to write yeah, the questions in, yeah. a lot of it was about homosexuality. Yeah. Like specifically, how do I treat somebody who is homosexual that I know who yeah. just came out? I have to interact with them or I see them every day and I think I should be friends with them, but they have such an opposite worldview of mm. what I believe. Yeah. How do I actually share the gospel with them? Mm. So mm. that first one is really a very mature depth of I really want to obey the Bible, but it may be giving me two different commands that seem like they're in conflict, which is honor my father and mother, but also follow God. And so what if my parents aren't following God, then that's a complex thing to be dealing with, a complex heart matter. Yeah, absolutely. From everything that's being shown about current youth is they love causes that have action behind them. Mm. That's why we're seeing so much movement sure. starting is youth want to be a part of a movement that's actually accomplishing something. I agree with Daniel. I get a lot of questions that are more like, how do I live this out and mm. act on this? Mm. Which mm. just makes sense with where a lot of youth are at, even in brain development. Mm. Like they sure. even in, at a middle school age see a lot more black and white and abstract thought. But the abstract, and this is where their brains start to get frustrated sometimes, is okay. I understand what is true and what is false here, and what is right and what is wrong. I can see that black and white, but living it out can be a lot more nuanced right. and requires right. wisdom to know how right. to not walk around. That's wrong. That's right. That's wrong. <laughs> right. That's right. right. But actually, how do I hmm. biblically and spirit empowered live faithfully and live right. these things out? So, right. like Daniel said, I, I get a lot of questions about how do I love my friend without affirming sin. Mm. How do I talk to my friend who is saying something they shouldn't or mm. doing something they shouldn't? How do I stay faithful in my school when sometimes it feels like I can't speak up in my classroom? Mm. I guess what I'm getting at is just a lot of the questions are more about how to live this thing out, mm. not mm. just intellectually what is true. Mm. What I am seeing, though, is that kids are grasping to know truth you know we had a girl in our group she came early on <laughs> during COVID we did zoom for eight weeks before we started meeting basically in small groups outside sure. you know yeah I mean? yeah yeah and during one of those early zoom groups she got invited and came to faith in Christ over zoom wow which <laughs> redeems hey. is that even possible <laughs> can God use zoom <laughs> yeah. But what I've, what I've uh, seen is her just like being transformed by the power mm, of God's word amen. and saying, oh, I used to think this, but now I see this is what God's word says. Mm. And so I guess I bring that story up to just say, 
it's so hard to generalize because some kids are in the place where they're being confronted by God's word and intellectually they're wrestling through things and reestablishing their worldview. We've been using that word a lot. Mm. But then a lot of kids who have maybe known what is true during this time, what they're wrestling through is how do I live it out? Mm. So mm. I love that emphasis on, you know, the, hey, if all I do is know a bunch of stuff about God, so what? And really, to me, that's a sign of a mature Christian. It's like yeah. my actions should be matching my beliefs. Yeah. That's well, super cool. I was just thinking, like I was reading this yesterday in, in Titus chapter one, he's giving the warning about false teachers. Mm-hmm. Says they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. So their mm. knowledge is yep. proven to be untrue because how they live. That's good. And then he says in chapter two, but as for you teach what accords with sound doctrine. And then he goes into this whole list of how they live. Mm. And so he calls them to faithful teaching. And then his description of faithful teaching is living. Mm. And so our theology needs to be biblical and true. And then biblically, the living it out is the mark of it being true in our life. Like not just head knowledge, but heart, you know. That's what you were saying about authenticity. I mean, you think about like the woman who anointed Jesus and poured out the alabaster flask of perfume on him and was washing his feet with her hair. Like what an act of worship that she was going through just personally. Yeah. And then the whole room is going to smell like that. It's the aroma of death to those who are perishing. So, Mm. you know, if you're authentically worshiping and you're a person who is filled with the spirit, trying to please the Lord, people are going to smell that aroma and people who are in the darkness are going to be drawn to the light. Amen. But there will be some who say, wow, that stinks. I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you just have to be okay with that. And that's what's this time that we're living in. Those lines that are being drawn, mm. the youth are being basically forced right. to choose what they're going to stand for. And if they stand for something, be willing to even be judged for it. Yeah, yeah. I I love that example of people will know what we believe by how we act. And especially in today's culture, everybody wants to know everybody's story. And I think people just have the sense in themselves when they see somebody doing something just because they know that's what they should be doing, but their heart's not in it. They don't have a worldview to justify why they're doing it. It's just kind of empty and shallow and hollow. And I think especially people in Portland, they're kind of, they're fine-tuned to that bogus. And they're like, yeah, whatever. You might be having the right actions, but I can just tell that there's nothing behind that. And so what a privilege it is that we have as disciples of Christ to deliver the full, beautiful package of the actions and the heart and the mind and the truth behind it. And what a privilege for you and all of us to see lives transformed in front of us mm-hmm. by the power of Christ. So that's that's super cool. Let me get to one last question. Do you guys see this as something that's, you know, this potential for revival, this transformation in the hearts and minds of young people? Is it something that's happening just in pockets? This church over here or this youth group over here or do you see potential for something that may bleed across denominational lines or geographical lines and something that kind of brings the, the youth together 
in an area to say, hey, we're one big body of Christ. Let's revive together. Maybe another way to think about it is, do you think that the last two years of difficulty across the board have increased broad community or decreased? You could say increased because of the online presence. I know Hmm. for our church anyway, there are, I don't know how many multiplied more that are online than even in our congregation right now. Mm. And Mm. they're from all over the place. Like Brett showed a video of this couple from Australia that just tunes in with soldiers sending a flag every now and again and like, Mm. Hey, I'm an Athey Creeker. So (laughs) in that sense, yeah, the network is reaching farther than before. I don't know. I, I also don't go to neighbors' houses as much. It feels like people are just more reserved and then they find their pockets, but those Mm. pockets are getting bigger. So it's, I don't know. It's kind of both. It's complex. Yeah. Yeah. I have a passion for evangelism and I've realized that evangelists, and I'm not claiming to have this. It's something that I want to have is evangelists walk in a lot more of an ambiguous place. And and ecumenical can be a dirty word, (laughs) but evangelists sometimes operate in this space where they're able to partner with people that they very much disagree with for the sake of preaching the gospel. Right. And I've been talking to people who have been doing that for a long time. You know, I love, you know, Luis Palau, who's now home with the Lord. And and I asked him this question quite a bit because I would wrestle because sometimes reaching people requires partnering with people that we disagree on pretty significant things. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's where understanding context is so important because I get what Daniel's saying where everyone wants to know everyone's stance on things, but that also gets to, and I'm not disagreeing with you. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it also gets taken. Sometimes we feel like everyone needs to know our stance. And what the Lord has called us to do is to be faithful to our church body. Mm. Like, to be honest, as a pastor at Southwest Bible, I'm not making a statement to all of Portland on our beliefs. I'm shepherding the people that God has given us at our church to walk faithfully with him according to his word. Hmm. And I don't really care to make a big broad statement on what I think. I want to shepherd people faithfully at the corner of Murray and Weir to love <laughs> the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. To trust in the Lord Jesus, to walk faithfully with him. You know, And I guess I'm just saying like, even with the students I disciple, they sometimes feel like, because everyone's posting all their political and ideological beliefs on their social media, mm-hmm. yeah. that faithfulness means posting your ideals. Mm. But faithfulness to the Lord doesn't mean being a broadcaster of every belief that you hold, but actually walking faithfully with the Lord and telling others of Him. And you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is I try to ease my feelings of feeling like I need to broadcast everything and be faithful where I'm at. And what that's given me the ability to do is feel like I can shepherd faithfully in my church and I can reach out faithfully in my neighborhood, you know, that I actually know the names of my neighbors and we're having them over for dinner and being missional. Yeah. But then um, when it comes to partnering with other churches, which I think is your question, is the need to just have very upfront conversations and sit down and say, so where do we differ and can we work together? And, you know, we did this United Youth Outreach back in March and we had 55 churches from the Portland area and over a thousand youth come and we saw 160 respond to the gospel. Wow. I will say that in that room were represented many churches that are very, very different, (laughs) very different. And to make that gathering happen, there was many conversations that were very uncomfortable 
Sure. What does prayer ministry time mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, Our church doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what, what is that going to look like? Yeah. And who is preaching? And mm. what does response mean? And what mm. is actually the role of prophecy in the church today? And <laughs> like these were real questions yeah, that were being yeah. asked. And so I think that just as a leader comes down to being able to have honest biblical conversations mm. and then to focus on the main thing which is we want to preach Christ and Christ crucified. Mm, amen. And amen. we want people to come to encounter him. And so I think to recap everything I just said, <laughs> personally, I feel called to reach my neighborhood and my street that I live on. Yeah. In my ministry, I feel called not to make a stance to the whole city, but to faithfully shepherd the church that I'm put in. Mm. And then when it comes to being missional, I feel like I want to partner with people as far as we're preaching Jesus Amen. and calling people to repent. And so sometimes people get so torn up because they're combining the, those different spheres that they're getting paralyzed. Right. And I would just say to the average person that I'm talking to, be missional to the few houses the Lord has put around you. Mm. Mm. If you have another Christian that lives down the street, maybe they don't even go to your church, partner with them Yeah. to reach those neighbors. You know, uh, we've been praying with a neighbor actually across the street who goes to your church. Oh yeah. And we've been praying with her for more people on our street to come to know the Lord. Mm, praise God. A guy from your church, you know, I, I've been encountering a lot of people from your church. <laughs> a guy from your church, I hired him recently to take down a tree in my backyard. And we realized we were both Christians and we were talking. And as I was leaving, he handed me a New Testament. And he said, share the gospel. And by the end of the day, I want to hear who you shared it with. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> and so uh, all I'm cool. saying is, is let's uh, partner with people from other churches for the yeah. sake of reaching people for the Amen. gospel. Amen. We were talking with Kevin Plow a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and he was just describing, you know, what God is doing now, and in, in sort of the unity of Portland churches with the vision of sharing the gospel and what God has done, you know, in the past. And he was talking about the Billy Graham Crusade. I think it was in the eighties, and you can Google. There's like a documentary. The documentary was cool because Billy Graham said one of the most successful crusades he ever did in his life was the one in Portland. I think it was in the late 80s. And he said it was because of the unity of the churches coming together for the sake of the gospel. And, you know, all denominations, all backgrounds, and they would come together in prayer meetings and pray, you know, for like a year before the crusade happened. And yeah. he, he said when he came here, he's like, I could feel it. I could feel that something was different. And it was because the whole body of Christ was coming together in unity with the, the singular focus of we need to share the gospel. And it was super cool. So yes, I would love to see that happen in our generation, you know, another revival, another, yeah. you know, outpouring of God's spirit here in a very, very dark place. And, and I think, you know, you know, the world is ready and I pray that the church is ready and we stand up together. So anyway, awesome. Well, thank you guys again for being here on the show. It was a pleasure and an honor to talk with you. And I look forward to, you know, ministering with you and alongside you guys and just being a part of what God's doing here in Portland. So much fun. Thank you. <laughs> now, how about you? Do you feel like your head is more full of biblical knowledge than your heart knows what to do with? Do you feel like your heart is more filled with biblical love and compassion than your hands know how to act out? The cool thing about a biblical worldview is it starts with a foundation of knowledge, a foundation of truth, of 
the God of the heavens, the creator of the universe, revealing himself to us in clarity and in reality. It then talks about us living out our faith, that knowledge, with a heart of compassion, loving others around us like we love our God. And what that looks like is in action. And how that's played out is through our actions in front of other people. And so hopefully you saw that today. What a wonderful conversation with Daniel and with Justin. What a great example of godly men in the Portland area who are teaching kids to live out their faith in a biblical way. I hope you were as encouraged as I was by what God is doing here. And if you're in the Portland area, make sure that you are involved in your church. Reach out to the young people around you who are wrestling through questions and be part of a thriving biblical community. You can find so many helpful resources on our website at theambassadorsforum.com. Go there and check out some other radio shows that we've done, links to other resources and other ministries that we recommend, and just a way to get you started on your path towards understanding what the Bible has to say about apologetics. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you.